Welcome to Tales from the Bridge. David Menken joins us on the show today, and uh, what a delightful conversation we have. He's such a genuine guy, and I'm really happy we got to talk to him. David is an actor who recently portrayed Luke Skywalker in the new Lego Star Wars video game, The Skywalker Saga. So we talk about Star Wars, we talk about David's experience in, in the industry, and all kinds of other stuff. So we hope you enjoy this one. Let's make our way over to the bridge. So we're here with David Menken, and David has had parts in film and television such as The Man from Uncle, Zero Dark Thirty, A Hologram for the King, the cult favorite television show Red Dwarf, which must have been so fun to be a part of, I imagine, David. Um, yeah. Thunderbirds are go. Ron's gone wrong, which I took my kids to the theater to see last year. It was one of the first we did, which was interesting. Uh, Hearing that you're a part of that, that's uh, exciting. And then now, the new hit video game Lego Star Wars, The Skywalker Saga. Um, this must be hugely exciting for you, David, because there's not many people that have played Luke Skywalker, so that must be exciting. But, uh, yeah. yeah. it It's, it's uh, to use a word, insane. Um, yeah. The, but the thing is that I've, I've known about this since 2018. And I've not been able to talk about it. I've Ooh. not been able to uh, <laughs> to speak about it to anyone except for the people that I recorded it with. I didn't know who else was recording, um, who else uh, was characters. We we signed some NDAs that you, would make you cry. So um, so I've been keeping this to myself for a very long time. So is that specific to? many projects or is that a star wars thing because it sounds like just star wars is always really secretive like that yeah i mean absolutely the fact that it's you know it's it's disney it's it's lego it's it's lucas arts all that um i uh, working in games you have to you have to sign quite very quite strict ndas anyway but um but for this it was uh, it was very clear that we were working on something special and they didn't want anything to leak so um so yeah i signed my life away um laser dots on my on my forehead for oh, yeah. uh, for a very long time but uh but worth so, it did you record this four years ago or was the contract signed to I recorded it oh, mostly wow. four okay. years ago did some pickups last year and that's it wow yeah they link up the graphics to your voice then right that is that one main reason why the voices is, is, is an early part of the process i i guess um i think that I think because of of the way that Lego uh, the Lego games are, it's very specific where they they have to make sure that the humor is correct, that it works for both uh, the fans and adult audience, but mostly a kids audience as well. So I think, um, and this is just me surmising um, that it, it it was a it was an important part of of the process so um of course they're going to animate um around us but um lip sync is something that you do very very much at the end so um mm. um but you i don't know if you guys have seen any footage but it is it is so intricate it is so s spot on that uh i know they spent a lot of time on that but uh but yeah i i was part of the process from um from an early um early date 
Oh, I have to give you less credit than I thought. I thought you guys were watching the animation and making your lips move at the same speed as the cartoons. And I thought, wow, these guys are so good. They say it just right every time. No, no, unfortunately not. When it comes to animation, when it comes to to uh, games and, and things like that, we um, we record first, then they animate to us. And then uh, we might go back for something called post viz, which is uh, which is this uh, section where maybe they wrote, maybe what they wrote was slightly too long, or it doesn't, it didn't fit with the style of what the entire scene is. But of course, for Star Wars, we knew exactly what we were going into. Right, right. So it, um, so I think it was very clear what I was doing when I was doing it. Well, that makes a lot more sense to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. yeah. <laughs> so with keeping everything kind of secretive is there because i've heard and i know i haven't played yet i look forward to playing this it sounds really really fun and i've got kids too that are going to get into this Great. um but we uh, from what i've read we're going through is it the original series or the original trilogy we go through the whole plot um or are there twists and turns? Are we getting new story added to the Skywalker saga? No, this is this is all nine films, and oh, then wow. you've got some you've got some DLCs as well um, that uh, I think have just been released today. Um, so, so for example, um, A New Hope actually starts with the end of Rogue One. Because uh, because I, I don't know if you you know, but uh, the, the end of Rogue One very very much linked linked into them um, uh, uh, getting the getting the information about the Death Star out. Right. So right. Uh, so so what they've done instead of starting uh, starting the moment. I uh, hope I'm not giving too many spoilers here, but um, starting it with uh, Leia stopping and putting the information into R two what we get is um is vader coming in and uh the the entire sequence from the end of rogue one um nice. that's where we start but uh, you as a player get to choose <clears throat> where in um in the skywalker saga you you start playing so if you want to start with the prequels you can um you can start at one you can start at four you can start if if you are a fan of the of the last three that were made then you can start there as well it doesn't matter um but what happens is that of course certain certain areas so for example i'll give you an idea in a new hope you're on tatooine uh, but you don't get to go to jabba's palace even though there's it's a slight slight uh open world theme that only unlocks uh when han is uh, is frozen so, right. so the, the intricacies and in how they've had to blend everything together is, is kind of amazing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you, you get to play uh, a hell of a lot of characters. You get to, um, so you get to play as, as Luke if you want. But if, you are work, if you're playing with, uh, if you are playing a Jedi, then of course you have, depending on where you are in your Jedi training, you then get to use the Force to do things if you um if you are a character who used um a a gun or laser you 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 would you get to use that so everything that you do is dependent on the character that you're playing and then of course depending on who you're interacting with based on the movie you you can switch to them and 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 then use their powers so 
I'm waffling. Very I hope cool. that made sense. But mm -hmm. um, I mean, there are <laughs> tutorials and there's in, info online that's much clearer than than what I can tell you here. Mm -hmm. so. well, well, I look forward to it. It's very ambitious, right? Like because in this particular franchise, you're dealing with fandom that is so educated yeah. and detail oriented, and like you know, they know collectively so much that you know, I mean, I, I imagine you really got to get everything just right. That's the thing. Uh, that's why, uh, as far as I know, it, the the game was delayed. Uh, not just, I mean, it, it it wasn't just due to the fans. It was also due to a pandemic. Um, but uh, people right. having to work from home, you know, everyone had to pivot. So, uh, so I can only imagine what things were like at TT Games trying to get this game out. But um, um, I know that the fans have been waiting a very, very long time for this, and um for for me as an actor it was it was you know a, a moment of absolute elation that i got to play luke skywalker and then this feeling of the fact that i have really big boots to fill mm -hmm. i have and and there's going to be a lot of scrutiny but um uh, from what i can tell people have been at least very very kind to me um in person and on social media mm. i have no idea what's out there but, uh, you know, I am not I'm not Mark Hamill. So there's certain things that I'm going to do slightly differently. But um, but I did a lot of work to make sure that I sounded like Luke. Mm -hmm. If I could say something that would make you feel good about this is I'm sure Mark Hamill really appreciates you. Uh, I'm not sure if you've had any conversations with him, but he is such a sweet man. He's progressive. He's smart. Um, he uh, he's got your back. Um, yeah. Now, have you have you interacted with him? Is there? Do you think that'll that'll happen? I've never had the honor. Um, uh, he is someone who I respect um, as an actor because he he's someone who found voice acting. Um, mm -hmm. He is someone who has found the ability to um, uh, to make life happen just just using sound um, and. I I think that he he probably was quite hamstrung by this amazing project that he was on very early in his career, and he had to he had to make changes and he had to see what was available to him, and he really went all in when it came to um, to voice acting. He's done some he's played some amazing characters. I don't know if you've heard his Joker from Batman. Oh yeah, the Joker would be astounding. It'd you be know, one of the best voice acting jobs um, that I'm aware of. Absolutely. And he is, um, yeah, I, I know people who have worked with him and um, all the stories are true. So, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, um, and I don't, you know, I don't want to bother him. I don't want to send him a message and go, hey, can you listen to what I've done and see if it's okay? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but um but yeah, I, I hope I haven't let him down. That's the only thing I, I can I say. don't think you have, David. I think that uh, I think that he he's honored to have you represent something and to pass that on. He just seems like that kind of guy. And yeah, and from does. from what I've heard, uh, well, you've done a great job, and and I think uh, you'll get lots of praise for it. And any of this, because yeah, you're Marty. You were saying that it, there's a lot of, and well, you said it too, David. That big boots to fill. Um, yeah. Star Wars can be Star Wars fans can be very critical. It's happened in the last few years, um, but I, I think uh, 
that's I, I hope that's fading away and people can just know, hey, Star Wars is about having fun and that's what we all want to do and and honor the people and the creators like yourself, the talent that gives effort to bring it to life. That's what we should all be grateful for. And and it's a celebration of a beautiful story. Hey, I'm I am a fan of uh of both Star Wars. I'm 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 a big sci-fi buff, so I um I know how it feels to have this sort of direct umbilical to to my childhood through something and then when something new is made i i know that feeling of it of it messing with all the emotions that i have connected to it because it it's it's a direct link to my childhood so mm -hmm. i understand why people are are critical i understand why they write messages like you ruined my childhood um to to uh, to some of my colleagues um but um but at the same time i think i don't think they realize that um that it you know they they they're just thinking about themselves and they need to get that out but um but i have a feeling that if they knew that you know certain people are getting thousands of those messages uh because it, it just doesn't fit in with the way they see their project then mm -hmm. um, that's hard yeah mm -hmm. and the, yeah i hope it's a thing of the past and people can just let go of that and we'll see what happens yeah. but uh now's the time to celebrate a new game that's fun and introducing young kids like i've got toddlers so i'm excited for them they're just starting to learn how to move their thumbs in the right way <laughs> so it's exciting to be like oh you get to be introduced to star wars now and lego yes. star wars which is so f i had fun as an adult playing those games um uh, the other ones that had come out so i'm excited for my kids and and you're part of a new generation of kids learning to game and star wars yeah i mean is there anything better? No. Um, and the problem is that um, the, the fact that they have opposable thumbs now means that they're probably better at gaming than I am. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom didn't let me have consoles when I was little. So, uh, so I, um, I, all I got was an Amiga 500 because it had a workbench. That was, oh, nice. uh, that's, that's, uh, I was allowed that so I could play, I could play, uh, you know, a few games, but, um, but the, the most that I got to do was like worms and, and things like that before mm -hmm. before I became an adult and then could make choices myself. But man, the guilt still <laughs> is there. I've got a PS5 finally, and I, I feel bad at the end of the day if I'm switching it on, going, have I done all, all the stuff that I was meant to do today? Okay. And then you yeah. know, I'm off. So yeah. Nice. You said you're a sci-fi fan or, or buff like what yeah. are you what's do you have some so we like talking about books are there any books that stand out what oh man what's your favorite um, what's, what's i was introduced for example to isaac asimov when i was a teenager so i got to read you know these old moth-eaten paperbacks when i would go to my family's cabin so mm -hmm. i got um i i I was introduced to, to I robot to the you know the laws of robotics, um, and uh, I fell in love with with that. And because of that, I then um, started reading a lot of the um, uh, those the sci-fi classics. I forget what 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 the what they're called. They're all paperbacks, and they're all um, they're sort of numbered. Uh, and uh, I have several of them. Uh, oh, oh, Marty's, Marty's going yep. for the book collection. <laughs> Sci-fi Masterworks? Is that oh, what it is? Masterworks, yeah. I've yes. got a few Philip K. Dick uh, of the Masterworks. Exactly, collection. yeah, yeah. Marty, is it is it Sci-Fi Masterworks? 
Uh, oh, yep. There we go. Yep, yeah. Oh, yep, they the look. Golanch, right? Yes, nope, they nope. look. They look slightly different in. Or it uh, could be North America. There's this guy's too. Oh, these there are there. It masterworks. is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Science fiction masterworks. That yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. 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 Uh, so those are, are by Galantz. And yeah. they uh, they cover a lot of the classics. I think almost all of Philip K. Dick's novels have been uh, published under under that name as well. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, read, um, read a lot of Philip K. Dick. Read a lot of Isaac Asimov, um, and um, straight a little bit into fantasy and uh, and stuff like that when I was uh, in my twenties. So I read a lot of Garth Nix, for example. Oh, yeah. um, and um, but when I was at NYU, we it was at a time when you know we had a um, an NYU channel, and it would just show movies, and clearly it just showed the movies that that the people running the station really wanted to see. So we had Dune on loop, and I uh, went from just having it on in the background to sitting down and watching it whenever I had a free moment, and my. Mm -hmm. um, my friend Natalie and I, we, uh, we would just watch it again and again and again. And then I, it was the only thing that I, I sort of did when I was, uh, I would go to, uh, comic stores and, and, and find special versions of the movie. So, um, un, like different cuts and where they would, where they would show, um, the deleted scenes and all that kind of stuff, which is so easy to find now because of YouTube. But um, mm -hmm. but back in the day, I was just so hungry for it. So you mm -hmm. can imagine how I felt when um, when Villeneuve came with his new version. Mm -hmm. And I know you guys have just done a podcast about the film. I think I think just at the turn of the year, right? Yeah, about, and uh, you fall, reviewed the film. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, well, why don't you tell us more? What, what how did you feel exactly when you heard about it, and then when you watched it and listened to it? Oh man, I just get stuff like that. See, as a fan, I get scared because i know i know what what a monster that book is i know what happens to people when they deal with the material because they want people to understand the material and therefore they put too much information in and and then we get lost and i felt that that this film they did something smart i think it just it just turned into a story about a family and uh, and then everything surrounding that and and of course um we're going to see more in of of the political machinations uh, in the second film i think but mm -hmm. um but i i loved it i absolutely loved it i have friends who have no interest in sci-fi who um fell for it they felt that you know they said it felt slightly too lingering but um but well i was very happy and i don't know if you guys have seen uh the foundation series that went on it was on apple tv as well uh with yeah. that um i felt that they did something smart because of course time moves on so fast you uh, the human being becomes insignificant so it was very interesting to see how they were going to um change how to give us the viewer and a chance to attach ourselves to the characters well you make some of them um uh, genetic copies you have mm -hmm. others uh, go into stasis you know it, uh, such smart moves by really by people who care about the material mm -hmm. um so mm -hmm. i i love it 
and I, um, I got to do some um, behind the scenes voice work on the new Halo series as well. I love watching the process of, of watching somebody who is clearly a fan try to make other people into fans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, and, you know, that is kind of my job as well. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I got to, I got to become a fan of, of Thunderbirds by, by being cast in, in the show. And that was the, fir my first experience of, um, um, of meeting a property that was so revered and so people were so scared of us messing with it because it was such a deep part of their childhoods. And it was, um, you know, it wasn't just people who were kids in their sixties. They, they re-aired them, especially in the UK, I think it's three times. So three generations got a chance to watch the show. And then we came in here, but what they didn't realize was that of course, that it was all these people who loved the original show. And, mm -hmm. and uh, it was their mission to make children fans of, of not just Thunderbirds, but the Anderson um, canon. Mm -hmm. I, I grew up with that. Um, I, I'm pretty sure. So we're in Canada. I don't know if you knew that. We're just I, I could kind of hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't hear it. That's the you mean our total lack of accent. Everybody else speaks funny except us, but uh, we speak um, perfect newscasting English. Uh, yes, you know. absolutely. And you're, but, uh, the thing is, it's bleeding into me because my best friend growing up was, was from Mississauga. So uh, I, nice. I couldn't help myself. Um, yeah. A. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, yeah we're, I, we're about a half hour from Mississauga. We're not far at all. Okay. Yeah. Just outside of Toronto. But, uh, so, and where are you? You're in London right now. I'm you? in London. Yeah. So, so where, whereabouts in London are you? I am in an amazing place called the Barbican, which, uh, is this, uh, weird place right in the center of town, right by St. Paul's. And, um, okay. during world war two, they bombed the crap out of this neighborhood that I live in because they were trying to hit St. Paul's because it was a symbol mm -hmm. yep. and they could never hit it. But they hit this part of town a lot and it became the place where uh, anything that was destroyed in the Blitz, they would sort of cart it off to and it became this wasteland and all it had was train tracks running through it. Um, right. So they created this massive competition um, uh, where they tried to find a housing and a cultural center. Um, so uh, these guys won, and it is this brutalist concrete uh, jungle with uh, with a lake in the middle of it, and all these um, all these, uh, and it's a, a art center with theaters and concert halls and cinemas and and stuff like that. So uh, and it's kind of famous architecturally. So it's it's worth a look. It's turned up in a lot of sort of dystopian shows as well because it does look kind of like um, uh, slightly fut futuristic, but also Eastern Bloc. Uh, and then on the inside, it's these amazing open spaces. It's it's wonderful. I love it. Very cool. Oh, that's great. I love uh, talking to people that are over there and where are they right now because. Last time I, well, I lived there for a few months, but I was in the north. I was in Whetstone, which is just around uh, Finchley. So you probably know Finchley. I used to live in Whetstone. You lived in Whetstone? I lived in Whetstone. 
And that's an obscure little place, isn't it? it yeah, Toddridge and Whetstone on the Northern Line. Yes. Yeah, I've got the Toddridge and Barnet line. And, yeah, and, absolutely. Oh, that's crazy. So my uncle was in, he's retired now in the Army, so I would stay in the Army barrack. You remember the Army? I know exactly barrack? where they are. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And Small I used to world. take a bus, a bus in the South Gate, and I worked at a, a Virgin V shop uh, many years ago wow. in Southgate. That doesn't exist anymore, but... It but was, you know the uh, area. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, the Southgate Southgate exists, but Virgin V does not exist anymore. No, it doesn't. No, the V no. shop. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah. So well, like, uh, well one. Well, go uh, ahead. I gotta get in my London story here. I took my yeah. kids, my wife and kids to London for uh, a trade show that I was working years ago. And you know, we were we've never been to London before. Actually, I had been to London once, but briefly, you know, in my backpacking days. And uh we got something on Airbnb or whatever it was, you know, that we could afford. And we got there and we were a little surprised we're like oh this is a right on the sort of border of a of an uncomfortable neighborhood and uh, but we didn't really know where we were we had a great time then we ended up in edinburgh and we were at a games cafe and we found the uh european version or the london version of monopoly and uh we look on you know baltic or the very very first property is whitechapel or maybe the second and we're like oh whitechapel that's where we were oh and look where it falls on the uh the socioeconomic <laughs> brackets of of all the london neighborhoods <laughs> okay yeah now we know where we stay yeah <laughs> and it's about to change massively because we have a new train line that uh goes um it's 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 going to connect east and west now uh, and uh it's going to completely well it's already regenerating that area so mm-hmm. but uh but yeah i i can imagine that when you got there the first time it was a bit sketchy yeah and it was like a four-year-old and an eight-year-old but you know it was there was a local pub we just went to the closest pub and uh and that's where the locals were and it was great it was like a legitimate experience right it was like not mm-hmm. a lot of touristy uh frou-frou going on there you know <laughs> <laughs> <Not very> cool. <laughs> so i've got to ask you david about um you working with tom tickware because he is one of my favorites and oh, wow uh, yeah he's and one of mine he, yeah, and you got to work with him, which is fantastic. So David worked with um, Tom for a hologram for the King, which uh, you worked with Tom Hanks and yeah. Ben Wishaw, who, I mean, these guys are just fantastic. But Tom Hanks and Ben Wishaw were in Cloud Atlas, which was partially directed by Tom Tickwer. Yes. And Tom did this did the score, which was uh, one of my favorite scores of all time. And then he recently worked on... Um, the matrix resurrections so can you tell us about tom and working with him and, and yeah yeah i could talk about that man all day uh he's amazing uh, uh, he is uh, a self-contest uh, self-confessed uh workaholic i remember one night we were uh out in the middle of the desert so i was already you know getting to have a master class with uh with uh, mr hanks uh, every day and but I was really noticing how hard Tom uh, Tickfer worked. And he was just wolfing down some food so that he could move on to the next setup and stuff. And I, you know, stupid narcissistic actor decides, well, I'm, I'm having a break. He's having a break. I could probably talk to him right now. And uh, I, I said, hey, Tom, I have a question for you. And he just, and he sort of just, I saw him slump and I went, Oh, no, 
don't, don't worry about it. And he went, no, 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 I've got time for you. Um, and I said, why, why do you put yourself through it? Why do you write it? Why do you, um, direct it? And why do you also, um, write the score for the, for the films that you make? And he said, in the beginning, he had no choice. It was what he had to do to save on money and to, to make it happen. And as time has gone on, he said, what happens is that you become a bit of a control freak and you become someone who wants things done a certain way and what wants their vision transferred. And, and sometimes it is easier to collaborate with someone else inside your own head than it is to collaborate with someone outside it. And, um, he, uh, and that's, that's the amazing thing. He, you know, we had, we had an edit of the film so quickly while we were filming because he would send it back to his amazing team in Germany who would put things together with his temp score and his temp score would be, you know, where, and I said, uh, as someone who has trained in, I, I train in musical theater, I, I sing. And I said, well, do you write the music before? Or do you write it afterwards? And he went, I write it before because it helps me, helps me actually set up the film. And, uh, and I, I said, well, what about length of scene? What about uh, making a song uh, or a piece of music too long or too short? And he said, well, that's the thing. He, he, he builds it in everywhere. So that's why you have slightly repeating motifs and you have moments where, where he can, he can expand and contract that moment. Uh, he's a genius and he is mm -hmm. very kind with it and he's very benevolent with it. And he has, he always has time to explain. He has time to listen. Um, I was so, so lucky to work with him. Yeah. And you were working with a couple of geniuses because, I mean, Tom Hanks is kind of uh, one of the greatest of all time when it comes to. Yes. And and that's the the other thing is that is that, you know, you're out there in the desert and you're expecting you're expecting a man with his full entourage and you're expecting Hollywood to come in the door. And the only thing that is Hollywood about him is is when you get to work with him because you find yourself getting three to five times better than you ever were because you're just you're just talking to liquid gold and mm -hmm. um and uh, but he was so down to earth i introduced myself um he thought i was a fan out in the desert and i went i'm not a fan i'm I, i'm i'm david i'm here to work and he went oh oh and i went i'm uh, uh but i am a fan so i, <laughs> I you know uh and then he went oh great in his typical Tom Hanks way. And he went, come and have dinner. And uh, so he invited me and, and the two girls who I worked with, uh, Christy and Megan. And we had dinner with him and um, he was just interested in us. And yeah. he, um, and he's been the kind of person that whenever he's in town promoting something, we'll get an invitation to come and see it. We'll get to go and say hi um, because he's, he's that guy. He is, yeah. um, he is the most wonderful, wonderful guy who surrounds himself with wonderful people. And, um, I, um, yeah, I was so lucky to work with that guy. Sorry to gush, but, uh, but there's, no. there's no way around it. No. Well, the two greats right there, Tom and then Tom, um, yeah. 
But uh, yeah, Tom Hanks does seem like one of the most genuine people. It's refreshing. It must have been refreshing for you to to becoming uh, an, an actor, a greater actor yourself, to be with someone that great. Like you said, it just you're dealing with liquid gold. I mean, how does it yeah. not uh, yeah. affect your ability to act, but also humble you to the point of realizing being good like he is is going to help me be, you know um the things we say the way we treat other people uh, helps us get further and in your industry for sure you know and you know he went out of his way to make us feel comfortable on our not only our first day but every day and our until our last day because you are nervous when when you step onto something that big and with with such such talent and he just made us feel like colleagues mm -hmm. and and you don't meet that all the time i've worked with some amazing people in this industry at the very top of their game and they're all like that and then i've met with some people who are very much in the middle and you would know who you know you know you know their names nothing like that nothing yeah 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 no, so, you know, funny. him, Meryl Streep, Emma Thompson, all those people, I'm just I'm throwing plugs and clangers at you here, but, um, but they were all absolutely amazing to work with. Well, being, being kind and generous and, and good to your colleagues and your, and the people that you're working with goes a long way. Yes. Sure. Yes. It really does. Yeah. And it's made me realize that it's, it's up to me to uh, make sure that I'm, if if someone is starting out in their career um and uh working with me i make it i make it my job to make them feel comfortable to feel good about what they're doing so that they can do a good job rather than than have to work through their nerves so mm -hmm. um yeah i've learned a lot from working with great people now oh, that's great uh just to call back to video games you do yeah. have another game coming up um, or coming out soon, do you not? Um, Squadron 42? Squadron 42, yes. <laughs> That's another game that has been, that has been, you know, uh, there for a long, long time. Yeah. And I am a very, very small cog in that wheel. And every so often, I will be reminded of something that happens. So suddenly there was artwork for my character released and um and uh and i you know it was called to my attention um i re i recorded for that game years ago now i can't even remember when wow. i did it so um uh, so if you want me to tell you about my experience on it um a whirlwind and i have absolutely no idea how i fit into things <laughs> <laughs> well is that is that common then in a way with video games because it it seems like a different process because you've done assassin's creed yeah uh, valorant um, valorant yeah valorant um and then uh in squadron 42 yeah and i've been part Star of the battlefield uh battlefield bad company which was this big um um version of a, the battlefield sort of um games back in the day and it used so for example battlefield when i did it a long time ago i think 2010 um we got to do ensemble record because it was all about getting us to getting us to work together 
um, and that was where we found the humor and and the connections. Um, but for the most part, all we do is we stand in a studio by ourselves. Um, really? Yeah, because it's so difficult to schedule everyone. It is so difficult, and you know, it's not like a movie where where you have you have two and a half hours of of stuff. This is, um, you know, 26, 100, uh, depending on the, on the game, even more hours of footage because it's not just the storyline. It's, it might be, there might be an open world element. There might be interactions with, with, um, other characters. There might be, um, <clears throat> um, DLCs, which is downloadable content. It, it now means just another version of the game where um, after you've played the first one, you can then add to it and it becomes a part of it. These things are huge. And, um, and if they, if they were going to get us all into the room together, first of all, it would just, the logistics would be a nightmare. Um, so, mm -hmm. um, so for the most part, we, we go in one by one. I do, I do get lucky sometimes where I get to work with one or two or four other, four other people, but it's very unusual. And um, that kind of stuff is happening in animation as well. Sometimes you'll get an anime, an ensemble record, as they call it. Um, Thunderbirds was one of them. Um, I did, I did one called Space Chickens in Space, which is coming out on Disney Plus tomorrow. Um, and that sounds fantastic. Disney, uh, yeah, it, it, Space Chickens in Space is incredibly bonkers, and I get to play my just uh, wannabe hero, but actually complete chicken um, fantasy. Uh, so he thinks he's Han Solo, but he's he's not. So um, hmm. uh, that's Chuck. Uh, that's, but yeah, that uh, Disney Plus when? Sorry, that's soon. Uh, Disney Plus uh, tomorrow, I think, um, at least at least in Europe, it may be, maybe North America as well. Um, it was supposed to go on Disney XD, but then they shut down that part of the, um, of Disney. So right. we sort of went to smaller things around the world and now we're coming back to the mothership. Hmm. So, right. And yeah. just think of the sequels on that one. You can have space pigs in space and <laughs> space dogs in space and space cats in spaces the muppets just... have something to yeah exactly <laughs> well, they've got the pigs in space yeah yes exactly. Yeah, exactly uh but um but yeah i um i wish that i would get more of an opportunity to work with people but that's why we have amazing directors for games who mm -hmm. will take on any persona for you um and um jason the guy who directed us um uh, for uh, for Star Wars Lego, he he was amazing. He's an actor himself, so he knows how hard it is. And right. um, you know, the he'll just turn himself into a pretzel to make us happy and to get the product out of us. Wow. And are you doing a lot of this in London? Or are you flying to LA to do this? Or, or um, ninety nine percent of it I do here. Um, really? We have. So, so do you yeah. ever do? Do they ever say, David, you got to do British accent? You've been living here long enough. Come on. Um. I'm terribly sorry, but my my English accent is like Julie Andrews on acid. I don't know why. It's, <laughs> that's, well, that's it's either hard. way too posh or I sound like uh, I sound like um, the only way is Essex, which is a, a terrible, uh, not a terrible. It's a it's a show, uh, one of those reality shows over here. Um, 
but I uh, the thing is that I'm half Norwegian. Um, I play a lot of Scandinavian characters. I play a lot of American characters. I feel that here in the right. UK, there are enough British people to do great jobs <laughs> at that. So, uh, so I'm here to bring some authenticity for uh, other parts of the world. Um, but, um, but oh, yeah, I don't, job. I don't usually play British characters. But uh, that's great that you you can still play that American uh, voice in England, and that they they need someone like you there, and that you can stay there. That's uh, yeah. That's that's the thing here in the UK. I get to be, uh, I get to sort of have one leg in the states and then one leg in Scandinavia, and um, and I get to work work as as all those different things. And um, yeah, my my dad worked in oil as when I was growing up, so we moved around a lot. Um, and um, and the the closest thing I have really to home is London. Um, I go home and visit family in Norway. I go to, I've just been to New York to visit family there, but, um, but this is, this is sort of where I belong, where I can be a little weirdo. So David, if anyone wants to follow you online, um, where can they find you and and where can they hear what you, you're you're saying out there? Uh, they can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram, uh, at David Menken and, um, uh, links to, the stuff that I've done, so my IMDb and um, the highlights from games and, and animation that I've been part of, um, all of it is there, uh, easily awesome. found. Um, and I like to reply to people, so I'm very good at at, at responding to people who um, are nice to me. I guess yeah, is the way to put it. Well, you got so I think you got some good praise coming your way. Uh, the oh, game is really exciting. Lego Star Wars, check it out. And then uh, we're gonna put some links in uh, for for where you can find David and uh, and even talk to him and and uh, let him know how great of a job he did at portraying one of the most legendary characters of all time, Luke Skywalker. Because that's just that's awesome. Thank you so much, David. We really appreciate you taking the time and all the best with this new game and and everything in the future. My absolute pleasure, and thank you so much, guys. Cheers. All right. Take care. All right. Take care. Guys, all the best. All the best. Thank you. Well, we hope you enjoyed that one. Uh, we'll be watching David's work in the future because I think he's got some good things coming his way. We really appreciate David taking the time to talk with us on the show. Look in our description for ways to connect with David and to see what he's up to next. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Until next time.